Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We are glad that you've joined us today, and we pray you'll take time to get in the Word of God with us. We've heard from some of you, and we're so glad when we hear from you. Such an encouragement to know what God is doing and in lives, because, you know, the Word of God is so well, the Bible says it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the dividing asunder. It separates the flesh from the spirit, and like and the marrow from the bone. It's the only book in the world when received into a good ground heart promises uh, to bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold in the person who receives it. So if we've got to, we're getting ready to get into something that's potentially life changing for you and me today. Amen. I can't minister it without being exposed to it. I can't study it. I can't hear it preached from others and taught from others without it becoming a life changing event and those of you that are receiving it into good ground as jesus taught it is happening to you too amen and it's not just adding it's multiplying praise god you plant plant a kernel of corn and you get you get multiple ears of corn and multiple corn on each ear praise god and the process is agriculturally clear the bible teaches first becomes that blade and then the stalk and then the full ear <laughs> so some of you have got a blade started don't stop now <laughs> let's pursue and go forward in the word of god because the stalk is going to grow from that blade and on that stalk is going to grow ears amen <laughs> hallelujah god is so good and I'm so glad to be a, a minister of, of the good news in the Word of God. We're talking about running the race with the crown in view. And I pray that when we finish this teaching, those that stay with us through it will be inspired enthusiastic, empowered, praise God, to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now is no time to slow down because the coming of the Lord is very, very near. And the harvest is great and the laborers are few. Oh, we can do so much. We've got a window of opportunity to work for the Lord and to do the work that He's commissioned us to do. We have a mandate from Christ to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and we are following that with everything we have and everything that we are. Continue to pray with us and for us that God will continue to open doors just like this door that is open so that more and more people can hear the good news of Jesus today. Hallelujah. Amen. Our text is from 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through 27. If you want to uh, back up in a couple of weeks, you can start from the beginning and come forward. But if you're just coming for this one, well, you will receive enough to go forward with us. I guarantee you. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through 27, running the race with the crown in view. Paul says, Know ye not, they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run 
that ye might obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He wanted to maintain and sustain the victory that God had promised him, that Christ had had made available to him. He didn't want to miss the mark. Amen. But he wanted to finish his course, and he did. When it came time for him to go home to heaven, you know what he said? I fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Praise God, I have finished my course. Therefore, there is a crown <laughs> laid up for me, and not me only, but all those that love his appearing. You see, he was running the race with the crown in view. Hallelujah. Praise God. It said of, of Dio Moody that when he was when he was dying that all of his friends and, and his his co workers in, in proclaiming the gospel to the nations of the world and to America, they they didn't want him to pass. They were praying for the Lord to let him stay, to raise him up and let him live longer. So much to be done in such a wonderful powerful proclaimer of the gospel, D.L. Moody. And he was in almost a coma, but he became lucid and he woke up and he heard them praying for him to stay here and not to go on and receive his reward. And he said, don't pray for me to stay. He said, it's time for me to go home. He said, this is my coronation day. Hallelujah. See, Moody, as well as Paul, was running with the crown in view. And we need, as God's children, to be running this race with the crown in view. Now, a friend of mine, there's always going to be pressure brought to bear. Number one, when we come to Jesus, there's a spiritual battle that absolutely occurs. The enemy will do everything in his power to keep you from coming to Jesus. But if you make a decision to come to Christ, he has absol absolutely nothing, nothing to stop you from coming. God will make a way. He will move the obstacle. You have to determine to come to Jesus. And when you do, God will help you get there. Make no mistake about it. Hallelujah. But the devil will try to stop you. He'll offer every alternative uh, and every excuse for not coming to Jesus. And friend of mine, I believe God is calling people in our generation with a mighty move of the Holy Spirit to come unto Christ and to be saved and to be delivered and to be set free and then to begin to follow Jesus. And here it's called running the race with patience, with perseverance. Amen. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Here's what Jesus said. He said, enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, 
Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. You know, there is a scripture in Proverbs that says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. There is a way which seemeth right, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. This is talking about that. It'll seem right. It'll look like it's a, another easier way to God and another easier way uh, than making a real commitment to follow Jesus and to, to allow Jesus to be what he declared himself to be. He didn't just say, I'm a way, dear friend. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. Not too many years ago, there was pastor of a, a, a large church being quizzed on, on one of the talk shows, and, and he was asked by, by one of the, moder the moderator, uh, don't you think that it was arrogant of Jesus to claim that he is the only way to God? And he answered in one sentence, not if it is true. You see, friend, according to the scripture, it is true. No one else has raised from the dead to validate everything that they have said is true. The resurrection is not a myth. It is a fact. It is a historical fact. It is a cardinal truth in Scripture. It is a, it is a historical fact in time. Hallelujah. And it is a personal fact when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow the way. He's not making it hard. He's declaring that he's the only way to God. That, that, may, that narrows it down. Then that's what the word straight means here. It is narrow. You, you, friend of mine, there, there's a, there's a place we visited where we, we enjoyed the movie, The Last of the Mohegans, years ago. We went uh, to the Carolinas where it was filmed. But to get on that pathway near the end of the movie, we actually wanted to walk out where they filmed those scenes on a pathway on the side of a mountain. Uh, and, and rock face and pathway. There is a rock that you have to, to, you can't go two at a time. You can't even go if you've got a weight problem. <laughs> Actually, with no offense attended, because we could all lose a little bit of weight, and I can hear amens out in the radio audience. But you know what, it, what they call it? They call that place Fat Man's Squeeze. It, I, listen, I wasn't overweight then. <laughs> there's, there was then and there's now, and we don't want to talk about now, right? There was then and now. But I had to turn sideways to get through that, that narrow fat man squeeze. And someone that was very large couldn't do it, and two couldn't do it at a time. I can almost see that when it says straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. This is a narrow gate and a narrow way which leads to life. You see, Jesus said, I am the way. That's what makes it narrow. You can't pick 
your way to God. When Jesus declares, there's one way to him and I'm it. He declares that without apology because he shed sinless blood on the cross that our sins may be forgiven. It had to be a lamb without spot. It had to be a lamb without blemish. And the Bible said of Christ, He that knew no sin became sin. He didn't sin, but he was treated as if he had to pay the sin debt for you, dear friend, and to pay the sin debt for me. He became a curse that we might be delivered from the curse. Praise God. Jesus was sinless when he came into this world. He lived a sinless life, and he died without any sin upon him, but treated as a sinner upon the cross. So straight is the gate, narrow the way, which leadeth to life. Jesus said, I am not a way. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And any man that tries to climb up any other way is the same as a thief and a robber. In other words, they're taking from him what is rightfully his, and that is the right to declare himself the one and the only true sacrifice for sin, and therefore the one true way to God. Scriptures declare there's one God and one mediator. One mediator. I know it doesn't fit into what is happening in the culture and the deception that is in the 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 uh, Christian world even today. I know it doesn't fit. There's a there's a there's there's something occurring to take away. We're almost wanting to apologize or do away with what Jesus Himself declared. I do not preach with apology. I didn't get on the air to debate the gospel. I got on the air to declare the gospel. I mean, we could debate all day long. And, you know, some Christians are concrete Christians. They're thoroughly mixed and permanently set, and there's no changing them. But any seeker, true seeker of truth, will find that truth begins and ends in a person. And that person is Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone that that tries to climb up any other way is the same as a thief and a robber. No man, no man comes to the Father except by me. Praise God. That's why we are Christian today. And that's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. Amen. So when we run this race, we're running against the wind. We're going against the grain. We're going against the tide. But remember, Jesus taught it, didn't he? Straight is the gate. It's a narrow gate. And the way is narrow, which leadeth to life. And because it is few, there be that find it. Too many people are looking for too many ways to God, and some people are feeling like, you know, it'll all work out in the end. There's no heaven, there's no hell, and that's a broad way. There's a lot of thinkers like that today. And the Bible said there is a way that seemeth right. It looks good, it feels good, it, it, to our earthly carnal logic, it sounds right, but it leads to destruction. But Jesus said, I'm going to lead you to life and to life eternal. Praise God. Few there be that find it. Matthew Henry 
summarizes Jesus' teachings in this passage, this tried-and-true commentary, one of many. And here's a quote from Matthew Henry. It said, We must endure hardship. We must wrestle and be in agony. Must watch in all things. This is not earning salvation. This is after salvation. When we make the choice to come to Christ, then we are called to follow Christ. And in order to follow Christ or be a disciple of Jesus, he said this. He said, if any man be my disciple, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. We must watch, he said, in all things, speaking of Matthew Henry's commentary, and walk with care and circumspection. We must go through much tribulation. Christ's way is narrow, and we dare not pretend otherwise. As we share the gospel, let us tell people that following Jesus means we abandon our agenda for His. Following Him means a reorientation of life one that might make others hate us. We see that today. We see it when when organizations that have Christian uh, CEOs and, 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 and come from Christian background, the people who run them, are under intense persecution for simply saying, you can live your life any way you choose, but we choose to follow what the Scriptures teach. Uh, and when they do, the backlash comes, and it comes violently, and it comes hard. And there, every legal way to try to, to penalize Christians for simply following what Jesus Christ taught. Friend of mine, when you decide to follow Jesus, it requires a commitment it requires taking up our cross. You see, running this race with the crown in view means that we cannot be sidetracked by all of the pressures of the culture and all of the deceptions in the world and in the church. Amen. This, this pressure in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation. This is not the great tribulation. This is what will happen when we, as Christians in this world, begin to follow Christ, we choose Him and we begin to follow Him. In this world, you shall have tribulation. Greek word, thelpsis, and it literally means anguish and pressure. You have to determine, I have to determine, to go against the grain. Paul put it this way, I bring my body under subjection. You know, athletes that are are training for the corruptible crown, the glory of man, that that will pass away. They are disciplined because they are dedicated. No pain, no gain is a common saying among those who are seriously committed to winning the race. You may not feel like getting up at six in the morning and running if you're uh, going to compete in the Olympics, but you get up anyway. You run anyway. And the one who is dedicated enough to be disciplined enough <laughs> has, the, has the greater chance of winning that race. And Paul is saying, I buffet my body. I bring it into subjection. 
Praise God. And today, uh, we have a war between the flesh and spirit. But if in our spirit we commit to follow Jesus, we can expect the flesh to react to that. We can expect some of our friends uh, to no longer want to hang out with us anymore. Someone asked me one time, Preacher, if, if I get saved and I begin to follow Jesus, will I have to give up my friends? Will I have to give up my friends, and I said, absolutely not. Uh, you, you follow Jesus, and they'll give you up. If they don't respect your faith and your commitment and your, your right to practice your faith, Amen. You may want to be their friends, but you can't go where they're going. You can't drink what they're drinking. You can't talk like they're talking. You can, but you can't represent this kingdom of light when you're still involved in that darkness. The, the, the call of God today is come out from among them. This doesn't mean to be self-righteous. This doesn't mean to be condescending and look down on people. It means to be diametrically different. Hallelujah than the culture. Our values change. We're children of light. We're no longer the children of darkness and we have been translated out of the out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, praise God, all oh, friend of mine, that there is there is tribulation when we come to Jesus. There's back pressure. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. In Acts fourteen twenty two, it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation. Enter into the kingdom of God. Through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. You know, when you decide to follow Jesus, the enemy is going to, I started to say, throw everything but the kitchen sink. But if he can throw it, he'll throw it too. He'll do everything in his power to divert you. He'll show you a way that seems right, but it leads to destruction. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Is that you're narrow-minded? You better believe it. This is a narrow way. If you're any other-minded, we're on the broad way. Uh, in, in Jewish culture, there, there were different kinds of roads. There were roads that, that, that were narrow, uh, really more like paths. And there were wide thoroughfares. And there were all the in-betweens. And there's a lot of other alternatives uh, to come into Christ. And those alternatives are set there because the enemy would rather you choose the wrong road uh, than, than, than to realize there's only one road and choose the right one. He will give you every alternative. He would rather you be an atheist. He would rather you just not believe there is a God. And that's a broad road. And there's a lot of atheists in this world that are headed for destruction. And they, do, they, they try. The, actually, the scripture said the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. What a foolish choice to make. And will they answer to God by disbelieving? Yes, they will. Because the heavens declare his handiwork. Amen. There, there, is, there is creation written all 
over the the universe. And there are many scientists today, not most, I said many scientists today, that are persons of faith because they see intelligent design in the universe. They do not see this this big bang theory uh, where where things just occurred they 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 are scientists and yet they are persons of faith because they see the precision by which the universe is in in absolute uh, uh, perfect uh, orbit and perfect distances between life on earth and a sun that could burn us up or freeze us to death if it changed or uh, and the orbits everything says that there is intelligent design ah but there's a way that seemeth right and many are taking it and and it seems to be the way that many intellectuals are embracing today if i can't scientifically dissect it and prove it i can't believe it oh yes you can that's not an excuse that god will accept because to every man the scripture declares is given the measure of faith and that measure of faith is to accept by faith the truth of God. And you have it today. I have it today. He lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's enough light illuminating that truth within every person on this planet to believe it. That's why the gospel can go into cultures where uh, where people have been steeped in the occult and steeped in superstition uh, down through all those years. And when the gospel comes, people are able to believe on Christ and accept Christ. Oh, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he's working today. Oh, friend, we need to understand when we run this race with the crown in view, motivated by the reward that is going to be ours, that there's going to be back pressure. It's going to require a real personal commitment. And we should have the incentive to make that commitment today. Let me read you something from Revelation chapter 7. Let's read verse 9 first. It says, And I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, symbolic of their worship and their praise, amen, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and un." to the Lamb, speaking of Jesus particularly as the Lamb of God. And verse 13 says, And one of the elders saying unto me, to John, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? Which came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of, and in the King James, it doesn't say, it will in the New International and several other versions, the Great Tribulation. And there's there's some truth in that. There will be people saved. Some of them will have to give their life rather than take the mark of the beast in order to be saved. 
but many will be saved. But this is broader, I believe, because it says they're out of every. Uh, uh, well, listen, let me just read again. A great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues. Many Bible scholars believe as I do, not because I'm smart as them, just because this is a evident truth I believe in Scripture. This is all those who have come to know Christ as Savior down through time. And they have come to stand before the throne and praise God. Hallelujah. Saying salvation belongeth to God that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. And one of the elders answered, What are these who are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. Remember what we read in the book of Acts? Confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. 14.22 And that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of of God. Amen. The pressure is on. We are upstream Christians in a downstream world. These are they that came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. I tell you, what is ahead? You have to look past what is happening maybe right now in your life concerning that pressure and that anguish, living in a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe called the enemy, and not only the devil but your own weak flesh, and not only your weak flesh, but a culture that is anti-Christ in its absolute spirit, not anti-religion per se, but anti-Christ. It's, it's always about Jesus, isn't it? All of, the, all of the back pressure and the backlash. Friend of mine, we are soldiers of the cross and we are running to win the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Praise God. I, I love a song that I took care of a funeral for a, for a relative within my wife's family. And they said that this dear saint that uh, preceded them into heaven loved this song. And the name of it, it's a, it's a Christian hymn of faith. And it's, it's about that crown. It's about, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. And here's the lyrics. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own His cause or blush to speak his name. Remember what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. And then the refrain is. And when the battle's over. We shall wear a crown. Yes we shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over. We shall wear a crown. In the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. A bright and shining crown. When the battle's over. We shall wear a crown. 
a crown. And then it says in the next verse, Must I be carried to the skies on flowery birds of ease, beds of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? No, friend, it isn't. It's going to try to push you into its mold. It's going to try to pull you into its flow away from God. But God the Holy Spirit is at work today. And if you're a Christian, I I believe you can feel that pull to come closer to God, to commit deeply and devotedly to follow Jesus like never before. For I believe that it's like a magnet. I really believe that heaven is drawing us upward, onward and upward, onward. Onward, Christian soldiers, praise God. Upward and onward is the cry of the Holy Spirit today. And I pray it is happening in your own heart and your own life. We're going to talk about the specific crowns that God has promised to those who overcome. But until we get into that part of the teaching, we are right here where we are today. We are running this race with perseverance that is set before us. Jesus is coming soon, dear friend, and He wants you and I to be about our Father's business and to be real deal followers of Jesus Christ, true disciples of Jesus, that the world might know that our God is the true and living God and that Jesus is indeed not a way but the way, the truth, and the life. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Shall I fear to own His cause or blush to speak His name? If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, the devil will show you a broad way, a super highway. Many people are on it. It leads to destruction. But the gate and the way that leads to life is narrow. It's Christ and Him crucified. It's Jesus. Come today. Come today. Come today. You can defeat that pressure against you coming by an act of your will. God won't make you, force you, but He will call you. And He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Sup with him and him with me. Knock on the door today. Christ will open it wide to receive you. Repent of your sin and call upon Jesus (laughs) and get in this race with us and be found running full out when Jesus comes. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.